This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Do you want to do a non-denominational, non-spiritual prayer just to get into the episode? Um, sure, if you want to lead us off, we could do the Babysitter's Club Oath. Do you still have it on hand? I can dig it up. I'm going to look it up, too, because I feel like that would be good for this one, because this was a tough book. It was a tough read. And I feel like we just need to recenter. We need to think about our own mental health in this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, from from Little Miss Stony Brook and Dawn is the first and only time it appears, but I assume that it later appears in every book, but they just leave it out. Right. It's like the Bible being the number one bestseller. At some point, you just stop counting it. Yeah, and you and I have said it every week before we start recording. Uh, we've just never right, thought but this to... time we're going to, because this is going to be a challenging book to get through and an episode to get through, Baby Nation, we're going to invite you to our weekly mantra of saying the Babysitter's Club Oath. And we're going to share that with you today. Are um, you ready? Yeah. Um, do you want me to do the Hollywood countdown? I do want that. Okay. Um, Baby Nation, this time before Tanner does the Hollywood countdown, I'll have you know that after the number three, he no. insists. I think they know. He insists on doing the two-in-one in a non-audio visual way, which is pleasing to me because I get to look at his uh, lovely little fingers, but uh, doesn't work. It just doesn't fucking play um, when you're listening with your ears. So you're going to have to you're gonna have to use your imaginations here, Baby Nation. Five, four, three. I promise to be a good, reliable, and safe sitter. And, and to, to be, be true, true to, to the, the Babysitter's, babysitter's Club, Club forevermore. Um, that yeah. felt good, man. That felt good because this book felt bad. Bad feeling book. Bad feeling book. It left a bad taste in the mouth. Jack, I'm a Suzanne man. You know that about me, right? Yeah, and I'm a Waniac. I've said it to anyone who cares to listen. But this book yeah. was Suzanne in the membrane. <laughs> if any book has been Suzanne... In yeah. the membrane before yeah. before now. Yeah. It didn't matter. It didn't count. Well, I'll go a step further than that, Tanner. Yeah. This book was not just Suzanne in the membrane. Uh-huh. It was Suzanne in the Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh very Obviously, I agree. We're on the same page here. Yeah. Very, very difficult novel. Very challenging. I didn't like reading it. I didn't have fun with it. It's a very difficult book. <laughs> Baby Nation, Dawn. This is going to sound repetitive. Yeah. But this time it's for real. Dawn leaves. Dawn, Tanner, joins the ranks of the forgotten babysitters, including Tanner. Yeah. Janet Gates. No. That's, doesn't Leslie ring a bell. Howard. And doesn't ring a bell. Wendy Loser. No, Wendy Loser came up in this book. Add to those oh, no, wait. three. No, no, no. It wasn't Wendy Loser. It was, what's the name of the girl in Pillow City who has Down syndrome? Uh, Whitney. Whitney. Yeah, that's a We Heart Kids Club thing. We, you, I don't know who Wendy Loser is. We're not here to talk about We Heart Kids Club. I'm here to talk about the forgotten babysitters. Let me name them to you again, Tanner. Janet Gates, Leslie Howard, Wendy Loser, and Dawn Schaefer. The forgotten, the lost, the babysitters that are no more. Those who couldn't hack it. 
Janet and Leslie, you will, of course, recognize their names. I don't. From the novel The Truth About Stacy. They were members of the Babysitter's Agency, who were briefly admitted into the Babysitter's Club, uh, but they smoked and canoodled right. with their boyfriends. Right. Yeah, they were cool. <laughs> I, I didn't think they were cool. I thought they were bad. Uh, and then Wendy Loser, who I did think was cool, who Jesse invites into the club during the novel Jesse and the Bad Babysitter. Um, and I feel like Wendy Loser is one of those promises Anne made where it's like, at the end of the book, it was like, okay, you're not right for the Babysitter's Club, but we're going to stay friends. Like, you're definitely going to be around. And just like no mention of her since. Yeah, well, just like with Ashley Wyeth. So it's going to take uh, all right. Sweet Pete Larangis to bring her back in some dramatic way. I'm surprised Shannon Kilborn made that cut. Well, because she, she was one of those early on. Right. But Shannon's official now. Yeah. This is the thing. And we've discussed this before, but being an official babysitter is a lot like being a ring bearer. Once you are one, it marks you, even if just for a short time, like Sam Gamgee. Right. Right? Like, and you get to go to the Grey Havens. You go to the Grey Havens. Um, and so that is going to be true of Wendy Loser, uh, Janet Gates, Leslie Howard. Ugh, and, I don't want them there. And now Dawn Schaefer. I don't want them cluttering up my afterlife with the beautiful elves. It's time to fucking move on. Uh, that's what I say. Good riddance, Dawn. That's what this book should have been called. And then there's some new ring bearer that Anne talks about in the happy reading section this week. Oh, yeah. That was weird. A B. 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 Oh, okay, Anne. Yeah. All right, Anne. <laughs> really, Anne? Yeah. <laughs> you uh, have a new babysitter that you've, like, ghost introduced in your happy reading <laughs> section. You call her A B. Yeah. Very, very clever. Um, hey Tanner, how about we introduce the podcast before we? I love that we're talking about this book in a serious way right out of the gate, but I would also like to introduce the show via my words of power. Speak to me with your words of power. All right, I'm going to speak to you with my words of power. Hi, hi. Shake me to my very core with your words of power, Jack. I'm shaking you. I was in the midst of shaking you, and then you penetrate my core okay. with your words. Too much now. That went too far. <laughs> hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Club. A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and you, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic I, novels of Princeton's own. And you, Jack Shepard. Sorry, where are you? It's kind of, I like to do... I like to do parallel construction. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so when you say... A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and you, Tanner Greenring, and then I'll come in and say, and and I, Tanner Greenring, and you, Jack Shepard. Look, you know I'm a sucker for parallel construction. You want to take it from the top? Yep. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Club, a podcast in which I, Tanner Greenring, and you, Jack Shepard. And I'm Tanner Greenring, and you're <laughs> Jack Shepard. Uh, we're just going to assume that that is an independent clause in the midst of this introduction and move on. Talk about Baby Nation the classic novels of the princess of the prince of town saint annabel matthews martin stormborn soul skinner mother of clocks and bane to bats first of her name last of her kind last hope for humankind specifically baby nation we talk about the great novels that she has written in her epic sitter's cycle and this week we are talking about a novel in that cycle called farewell dawn i love that you have gotten that down to a tight airtight 
little module. Yeah. That doesn't leave me any opportunities <laughs> to kind of like sneak in. That is by design. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you gave me no gaps. There's no gaps. That's by design. Very clever. It's an economy of language. I'm driving you to be a better podcaster. Good. Do you think that Farewell Dawn is a allusion to the Ernest Hemingway novel Farewell to Arms in which a man gets his penis shot off? Wow. Or no, wait, that's not the one where he gets his penis shot off. That's not where he gets his penis shot We've been shot over off. this before. That's correct. And uh, Baby Nation, I'm very sorry, but huge, 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 huge spoilers for The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway already have happened in this podcast. Guy gets his ding-dang penis shot right <laughs> <off>. <laughs> It's never explicitly stated, but the, let's just say that The Sun Also Rises... And there's something that doesn't. That's a Hemingway joke. Uh, Very clever. I'm interested in exploring the intertextual relationship between Farewell Dawn and A Farewell to Arms. Okay. The only quote I know from that book off the top of my head, I can't stand the rain. Sometimes I see me dead in it, she says. Dawn says that. No, that's Farewell to Arms. Do you want to do a quote from Farewell to Arms or a quote from... Farewell Dawn, a little quiz. Well, this sounds like a segment. Yeah. A beloved segment we have called... Classy classical music. Great American Novel of the Week. Great American Novel of the Week. Yeah. This well, is... let's shout that together. Great, but I think... Because you we... started to say classic. Well, I was saying classy classical music because the way we tend to introduce it is that we have classy classical music. We don't shout. No, but then we do shout. Do you want to shout? It's a, it's a, it's a Handel song. <laughs> it's a Handel song. Great American. Do we do that too? I just, I don't know, man. Let's just both say in a very calm, collected way, like we're Fra- Fraser and Niles Crane. Okay. Um, let, let me, can I get in a character? Yep. They're calling again. Niles. Oh, okay. Uh, mm, yes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was it? The, how was the psycho- psychiatry practice today? It was good. I had a delicious Merlot. Uh, Merlot. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc. A kind of wine. Uh, <laughs> um, would you like to discuss this week, Niles, the great American great novel American novel of, of the, the week? week? <laughs> uh, we were supposed to say it together. Let's say it together. Yep. I don't, my Fraser is all over the fucking place. I'm going to do Hollywood counting. Okay. Five, four, three. Great American Novel of the Week. <laughs> Good. All right. We're going to try this segment on the fly, Baby Nation. Uh, it's a pop quiz in which I read a quote from either A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway or Farewell Dawn by Anne M. Martin and Suzanne Wayne. And Tanner tries to guess which book the quote is from. I think I'm going to do good. Okay. Because I think I've read both books. This okay. is the one where the guy gets his ding-dong shot off, right? This is not the one where the guy gets his ding-dong shut off. It's a, about a nurse in World War I and the soldier she falls in love with. Right, 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 right. And she's, she's caught at sea. A big tuna drags her out into the middle of the ocean. Um, and they have a big fight because one of them wants to move back to California. Right. And the 
the dust bowl kind of drives them. <laughs> That's grapes of wrath. Uh, <laughs> Okies. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. Spoilers for Grapes of Wrath, Baby Nation. <laughs> this went off the rails really fast. <laughs> really, right out of the gate, this one went off the rails. Uh, Holden Cauliflower. Is that it? Yep, that's right. All right, ready? Yes. First quote. Tell me whether this is from A Farewell to Arms or Farewell Dawn. When she'd left, I stood gazing at the spot where she'd been. The unopened pizza ingredients still sat on the table. (laughs) Hot tears burned my eyes. I scrunched my face up, but they spilled over anyway. There was a terrible, hollow feeling in the pit of my stomach. I felt as if I'd done something awful. Something which could never be undone note tanner before you answer yeah note the short sentences that pack so much meaning into those few words that clipped style so here's the thing that's my hint farewell to arms if i remember correctly was published in like the 1930s sure and your mention of pizza gave me pause okay but I also know that Farewell to Arms was set in sort of the Italian theater during World War One, mm-hmm. and it, it, pizza being an Italian dish, I'm going to say that this was Ernest Hemingway's Farewell to Arms. Oh, you're wrong. That was Farewell Dawn. Farewell Dawn. That's something that Dawn says this week uh, about Marianne. Huh. Uh, it's also a book about the tragedy of human love. Um, Does, is Farewell to Arms takes place in Italy, right? Um, uh, I think so. <gasps> no. All around me are familiar faces. <laughs> Jack Googles. I'm watching him Google. <laughs> he is Googling about book places. Yeah. It takes, it Where takes did farewell gotcha. arms it take place. It takes place in Italy. So you can understand my confusion. All right. I'm going to give you another quote. Are you ready? Yeah. The world breaks everyone, and afterward, many are strong at the broken places. Okay. Well, this is the most famous quote from Ernest Hemingway's <laughs> Farewell to Arms. <laughs> but don't you think that it could also be very, very accurately applied to this novel, Farewell yeah. Dawn? Very much so. Yeah, I think I think Anne and Suzanne were going for something <laughs> here. I think it's no coincidence that it's called Farewell Dawn. I feel like thematically it's very similar to A Farewell to Arms. All right, I've got one more for you. You ready? Yep. This is a hard one. Yep. Oh, darling, you will be good to me, won't you? Because we're going to have a strange life. Can you give it a little extra kind of like Italian? <laughs> you lived in Italy. It I be. did live in Italy. Um Comunque, uh, allora, allora, it's my, it's my Roman asshole. (laughs) I want you to do the female protagonist of Farewell to Arms. Oh, okay. Oh, darling. She's Italian, yeah? You will be good to me, won't you? Because we're going to have a strange life. It's a me. Now you just, now now it's not even a quote. You're just doing an offensive impression. (laughs) And you're layering in an offensive reference to Mario. 
<laughs> just to make it worse. Mario, I'll have you know, is one of the greatest pieces of Italian heritage that there is. I think they'd be very proud, the our Italian listeners, to hear us reference um, that hallowed cultural artifact that all Italians share. Is Mario even from Italy? I think he's from the Mushroom Kingdom. He likes pizza. That's all you need to know. Tanner, this has been another edition no, of... No, you're thinking of Michelangelo. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was thinking of Michelangelo. <laughs> well, that was a very confusing great American novel of the week, but we've done it. <laughs> we got there. Hey, what about if we describe the books? Yes, please. Uh, you go first, then I'll go. Okay, I was thinking I'd go first and then... We'll do it twice, because twice is nice. Twice is nice. Um, good. I'm going to describe the book, and then I'm going to put uh, 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I have here, and then I'm going to have you describe the book. How do you feel about that? Neutral. Okay, that's as good. As... Neutral, verging on annoyed. Okay, good. Thank you for your honesty, uh, but also thank you for letting me plug along with this segment. Tanner, I'm going to begin describing this novel now. This is a tale of two sisters. Marianne, quiet, safe, afraid to take risks but full of warmth and kindness. And Dawn, wild, impulsive, untamable, quick to anger. And the fierce love that holds them together in a world that seems hell-bent on driving them apart. This is a tale about the perils of action and the even greater perils of inaction. This is a tale about the urgent, aching gravity of our homeland. How it pulls at us, pleads with us, begs us to return, even if so doing would be to abandon everything we've built out into the wilderness. Everyone we've found since first we wandered away from the warmth of our hearth. This is a tale of homecomings and departures, of discovery and loss, of hope and betrayal. This is a tale about how sometimes the ones we love the most are the ones we have to leave behind. Farewell. Don't. I thought of a good pun. Okay. A tale of two sisties. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's I very think sisters is a good thing to say about sisters. sisters. Yeah, it makes yeah. me wish that I were a sister and had a sister. <laughs> a tale of two sisters? Are you fucking kidding me? Is it too late to ask Anne and Suzanne to retitle? It would be this their book? first ever subtitle. Yeah. Farewell, Don. Colon. <laughs> a tale, tale of, of two, two sisters. <laughs> People would be like, "Is this a Dickens reference?" Yeah, you bet it is. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And Marianne was being kind of a dingleberry as usual, but Don wasn't being much better. That's the famous opening lines of A Tale of Two Sisties. Don was being a real dingleberry in this book. I feel like Anne was old yellering us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean by old yellering, but I think... I think I've explained this to, to the Baby Nation before. And I think the other thing about old yeller is this doesn't happen in old yeller, but some other movie. Okay. Good. Well titled. But I call it old yellering. When I need to say goodbye to someone, yeah, I treat them poorly so that it hurts less when they inevitably leave. And this is something that I I think I pulled from Old Yeller, but 
I think maybe doesn't actually happen in Old Yeller, where he tries to drive Old Yeller away, and he's screaming at the dog, like, I don't love you anymore. Get away from me. I hate you. In order to, like, make it sting a little less when they need to go their separate ways. It's terribly and misguided. But yeah, it does feel like that's what Dawn is doing. Dawn was bad in this book. Like, she's a real, she's, you know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of Stacy. Wow. She's like California obsessed. Like, all she can talk about is how much she misses and loves California. How much she's a California girl. Right. Let it go, Dawn. You're like, you live in a suburb of Anaheim. Right. Like, it's not Which that cool. Which is in itself a suburb of Los Angeles. Right. You're a suburb of a suburb. Yeah, Dawn. It's not that cool. Not cool at all. Yeah, and Don and Stacy have some things to say to each other this week. Don is like, I finally understand you, Stacy. I've outgrown this fucking club. I'm going to go do California diaries with these like cool bad girls who like do drugs and like drive too fast. And whose moms are dying of cancer. Ugh. Yeah, it's a, it's a world that I don't want to live in, and I don't understand why Don does. Um, I want to get into that more, Tanner, but before I do, I want for you to describe this novel for us within exactly 60 seconds. Fine. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I have here. And during those 60 seconds, you are going to describe exactly what happens in this novel. Farewell, Dawn. Are you ready for that? I am now. All right. I'm going to begin now. Okay, Baby Nation, here's what happens in this book. Dawn Schaefer is a babysitter in Stony Brook, Connecticut. She has a twin sister. That doesn't sound right, but I'm going to roll with it, called Marianne Spear. They are sisters. Stepsister. Um, Just trying to recall salient details. Uh, Ben Hobart's little brother breaks his leg in two places it's kind of the b plot and they throw him a christmas in july which confuses him because he is australian and he's used to christmas in the middle of summer and it really freaks him out dawn decides she wants to move back to california permanently and has trouble telling marianne tells everyone but marianne it eventually gets back to marianne marianne is very upset about it and refuses to talk to dawn and there's a struggle between the two of them to understand where the other is coming from throughout the book. They throw Donna a party. She eventually says goodbye to everyone, and she moves back to Palo City. And time. Pretty good job. You hit the B-plot a little harder than it needed to get hit, but that's okay. Um, it was not an important B-plot. It was a fun. It was actually kind of a fun B-plot. It was a fun B-plot. It was kind of buried in this very heavy book. So. Oh, it's fucking heavy, man. But this is... And the B-plot also is a testament to the artistry. I'm a Suzanne man. Yeah, I'm waiting. Do you want to say it a little bit louder and clearer? <laughs> I'm a Waniac. And I'm... Tanner Greenring. A Waniac. I'm Tanner Greenring, known Waniac. <laughs> and we are both insane in the membrane. The membrane. Insane in the brain. Thank you. Um, and I think it is a testament to her craft this week that she ties together the B plot and the A plot. That's something I always look for in these books is how well do the B plot and the A plot tie together. This book, the B plot is about James Hobart's broken leg. Right. The A plot begins with Marianne's broken mug. She hurls a ceramic mug onto the floor in anger. Right, because she's very upset, right? It continues with Dawn's broken promises. She had promised that she was going to come back to Stony Brook for good after her 
six-month jaunt in Palo City. And it ends, Tanner, with our broken hearts. Everyone's broken hearts. Everyone is broken. The BSC is shattered forever. Um, and I found that to be a very powerful symbolism that Suzanne Wayne deployed throughout the B-plot and A-plot. Oh, it's just, it's the worst possible scenario. It's very bad. There was a glimmer of hope. For a little while, Stacy was gone. Yeah. And then she came back in this new form, like Dark Phoenix, called Stakey. Right. And it's like, fine, whatever. Like, I get it. And seven need to be one. Right. But now we're losing Dawn permanently? Well, this is... So I think that these things are related. So we're stuck with Stakey and we've lost Dawn. We lost Dawn, who for a while was the best babysitter. And we have Stacy back, who uh, for a while was redeemed in our hearts, but for most of these books uh, has been the worst babysitter. But I think these things are related. I think that there is a centrifugal force that is threatening to tear this club apart. As soon, any time that there are seven babysitters together, it's almost as if there's too much power for the club to stay in motion. It like And can't control it. When Dawn last left, things started to stabilize, and then she finally came back, and we were like, oh, thank God, the seven are one. But then fucking Mallory gets sick. Uh, and and is out of the club for a month with Mono. Then Mallory comes back, and we're like, oh, thank God, the fucking seven are one again. And Stacy is expelled into the fucking wilderness. And then finally, last book, Stacy is kind of provisionally accepted back into the club. And what happens? Dawn suddenly fucking has to go. This this goes back to an old, a very old theory of ours that we talked about at the beginning of this show and yeah. at the beginning of these books. Which is this this idea of balance, this idea of one in, one out. You know, it's like when Emily Michelle enters their world, Mimi dies. Right. When the McGills break up, the Spears get married. Right. And I feel like that's what's happening here. I think maybe we I think maybe we had our numbers off. It's not about seven babysitters. It's about evens. There can't be this remainder, you know, there always needs to be this symmetry. I think that when it's seven, it it's like too much power. Like, that's what's happening. And it also, like, for Anne doesn't know how to fucking handle it. Anne, like, the great mistake that Anne has made in her magnificent world that she has created for us is that she refuses to allow, to your point, for things that are odd, things that are off, for change, for entropy, for chaos. Right. What she wants is she wants this stable world where these girls can be young forever and can live in innocence and happiness. Right. But and Dawn's Dawn's interests have shifted. Right. Now she's all she's into is motherhood cancer and teen pregnancy and doing drugs in California with her cool friends. Hashpipe and toe And this jam world and can't, can't allow for that. Right? And like Yeah. Did you say toe jam and earl? <laughs> I couldn't remember our California names, <laughs> so I should. I said Hashpipe, Toe Jam, and Earl. Toe Jam and Earl is a really great game for the Sega Genesis. All of Don's best California friends. <laughs> uh, toe Jam and Earl was a very bad game for the Sega Genesis. It's a Genesis. fucking fantastic game. I've probably clocked... This is going to resonate with no one, but I have probably clocked over 100 hours playing Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> It's not even a good game. Fucking, what the fuck, It's kind man? of a mess. I try to fucking relate to you on being a gamer, and you <laughs> slap me down the first time I try. 
No wonder I, we can never connect on this topic. Uh, Let me finish this thought. The flaw in Anne's world, Tanner, is that it is not built to withstand change. And so Anne has tried to insulate it from change. But life finds a way, right? Even within this like perfect world where everything is even and everybody's happy and everybody's young forever, these characters take on lives of their own and they want to leave and there are going to be odd numbers. Yeah, and you know what? Not to not to give us too much credit, but we knew Dawn was special. Yeah, we knew she was. We knew she was capable of more. We knew she had this sort of... From the beginning, Jack, you knew she had some kind of divine connection. Right. I knew that she had some kind of divine connection. And that brings me to a little quote, Tanner, that I think is going to bring this all together. Uh, I'm sure you fucking picked up on this as well. Um, yep. It's such... It's a baby nation. It's bread all the way down. No, this isn't about bread. Oh, okay. This is such fucking... They're all bees, baby nation. No, I, I want to do the quote, and it's not either of those things. Okay. This is related to what we've been talking about. It's about... The sentient purple orbs have been there the whole time. Look, all of these things are true, but it's not the thing that I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. The quote that I'm trying to tell you, Tanner, is going to tie together everything we've just been talking about. Drown your dolls, baby nation. <laughs> Look, do drown your dolls. That's an important message, and it's an important PSA, and it shouldn't get lost. But it's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is something that is going to tie together the themes that we have been talking about around innocence, around Anne's desire to keep these girls innocent, around religion, around Dawn's spirituality and the fact that she feels like she is meant for something greater, more spiritual on a higher plane, and mm -hmm. around change, around the fact that once you break this happy bubble that Anne has created where everything is perfect and understand knowledge and change and entropy, it can never be undone. Let me read you this quote, which I'm sure you picked up on, but I'm going to read it for the baby nation so we can both talk about it. Okay. This special meeting will come to order, Christy announced at one o'clock sharp. We sat in a circle on the dusty wood floor. Marianne had baked some chocolate chip cookies, which we passed around. She'd also sliced up apples for Stacy and me. And you, you're stopping there. Yeah. Do you want to take a run at talking about this? Let's first? dig in. Yeah, let's dig let's in. Let's dig man. into this one. Because it's so, it does all of those things in one short little throwaway. Here's what quote. we're talking about cookies. Well, does that. Oh, 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 I see. Do you? The flesh of Christ. No. It's like a, That's like bread. a That's communion way. That's bread. Right, but like cookies, like no. kind of bread. Nope. So I was right initially when I said it's bread all the way down. Tanner, baby nation. She had also sliced up apples for Stacy and me. Stacy and Dawn, the two apostates, the two girls who are trying to get out of this club, the two girls who feel like the innocence of the club doesn't offer the experience that they want in their lives. They want to be bad girls. The apples are offered to Stacy and Dawn, but they're sliced up. They want to sin. They want to sin. They're off, literally offered apples. It's so powerful. I appreciate what you're doing. I don't think it makes up for you not finding religious overtones in the last <laughs> 30 or so Dawn books. This isn't about me. This is about so much more. This Dawn is gone. She's fucking gone. And we have to fucking deal with it. Ooh, better subtitle. What? Farewell Dawn. 
the Don is gone. <laughs> and we have to fucking deal with it. The Don Schaefer story. What was the first subtitle? Tale, Tale of Two Sisters. Tale of Two Sisters. <laughs> She's gone. Look, I can I just be honest? I'm I'm fucking beat up about this. This sucks. I'm beat up about it too, man. You should see my notes. It's all fucking tearful moments. Should we do it? You want to do it? No, I want to go grab a beer. Okay, fine. I also... And then we'll do it. We'll grab a beer and then we're going to do it because this book is a sad one. And Daddy, Daddy needs his sauce. Daddy needs his sauce as well, especially for the sad books. You say goodbye. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to um, make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. Tanner, we're back. Let's talk about this book, baby. Well, do you want to make an announcement? My announcement is that this week, my... Tearful moment! Was this. Okay. Well, I had several. I'm going to start with the first time I choked up. This book made me cry throughout. This book was... Very difficult, Baby Nation. This was not a fun book. Listen, do what you love. That's what they say, right? Do what you love. And Tanner and I do what we love. We love reading Babysitter's Club books, and we certainly love talking about them. But sometimes it's hard. And sometimes I don't love it, even though I know it's important. Love hurts. Love I don't actually know the words. Do you want to just? Bad, I'll just. It's key a bad in time it. to do that. Okay. Well, should I? Maybe I'll go. No. 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 No
No, I don't want that. I fundamentally don't want that. No. I was saying something really heartfelt. Nazareth. Which is the love hurts. Jesus, baby nation, he's looking love scars. The lyrics for love hurts. Love wounds. Which is something I imagine you could do yourselves because you're all very intelligent people. You know what hurts, Tanner? Love. We know that love hurts. You know what else hurts? This book. This book was difficult. Tanner, I would like for you to tell me the moment in this book that made you cry the most. And please, for the love of Christ, don't choose mine. Mom moved closer and wrapped her arm around me. Are you sure about this? She asked softly. I nodded my head as I wiped my tears away. At this point, Richard came home. What's the matter? He asked. (laughs) Mom looked up at him and forced a small smile. Dawn has decided she might be happier living in California permanently. She said in a quiet, controlled voice. Looking stunned, Richard sat down in the armchair across from the couch. Is something the matter with living here? He asked. It's not that she doesn't like it here, Mom said. It's that she misses... She misses a lot about California. Richard took a deep breath. How do you feel about it, Sharon? I hate it, <laughs> said Mom with a sob as she squeezed my hands. But this is Dodd's decision. How can I say no if that's what she really wants to do? Ugh. Dawn, it's not just what you're doing to Marianne. It's not just what you're doing to the BSC. It's what you're doing to your own mother. You know what Dawn is? What? Dawn's reasoning in all of this over yeah. and over again is, I need to do what makes me happy. Yeah, fuck you, Dawn fucking hedonist yeah like what about what about what makes us happy don what about what makes me happy what about what makes marianne happy what about what makes sharon happy what about what makes richard happy you thought about any of this don you just think about yourself that's all she thinks about and frankly that's why she doesn't belong in the bsc and i'm surprised it took Anne and suzanne fucking 89 books to figure that out I'm surprised it took us 89 books to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. I used to think John belonged in the BSE, and I now I fucking don't. And also, I realized that it was true all along. California casual? You know what's not California casual, Don? Looking after babies in the community. You can't be casual about that. That's the most important fucking thing there is. It takes a fucking village. And if you're just going to... If you're just going to leave... If you're just going to leave us, you're going to leave your sister, you're going to leave your mother, and you're going to leave all these children who are who rely on you, then fine. Then good. Then that's the for the best. Go. We don't love you anymore. We don't love you any Dawn. 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 We don't love you anymore. Goodbye. Good riddance. Get. Get out. Get out. Get. Go. <laughs> Did you have one? Yeah. Tanner, I had so many. Let me read you one. Get. Get out. Baby Nation, this entire book, Dawn and Marianne are fighting. Dawn says some very, very... Very hurtful shit to Marianne. I feel like I should preface this by saying what she says to Marianne. Yeah, yeah. Set it up. Set the table. Dawn is like trying to announce to Marianne that she's about to leave, but she already told Christy, and then Christy told Claudia, and then Claudia told Stacy, and Stacy told Robert, and Robert, Robert told Robert Logan, and Logan, Logan told Marianne. Logan told Marianne. Right. And so Marianne is upset that 
Dawn didn't tell her first. And so things kind of go pear-shaped. Here's the scene. Me? Marianne cried. Yes, you. You act like you're just poor, sweet Marianne who wouldn't hurt a fly. You're never to blame for anything. That's because you never do anything. You just react to what's happening around you. You never act. You never start anything. Well, I'm not you. I act. And if you want to blame me for not being you, go ahead. But I'll never be you. And I'm glad. Don, that is some seriously fucked up shit to say to your best friend and sister. Uh, that's not my tearful moment. That sets the table. It sets the table. The rest of this novel, Marianne is understandably and relatably cold and distant towards Dawn. Right. We call it old yellering. Every effort that Dawn makes to reach out, Marianne doesn't even rebuff her. She just reacts in this kind of monotone. Right. And then she old yellers her. She old yellers her. I don't love you anymore. Get out. Get. They old yeller each other. Right. And then finally, the dam breaks. The night before Dawn is about to leave for California. Do you want to... Should we just cue up some nice music here, I think? Yep. It's going. Okay. It's happening. Good. It's happening. By bedtime that night, I was exhausted. I knew I'd hit the bed and be asleep in one minute. I went to the bathroom to brush my teeth and found Marianne there. She was staring at herself in the mirror. What are you doing? I asked. I'm seeing how I'll look standing here by myself from now on. What do you mean? I mean that I'm used to seeing the both of us in this mirror before bed, and now I won't anymore. She turned to me and smiled sadly. Want to hear something weird? The last time you went to California, I would imagine I could see you in the mirror beside me when I brush my teeth at night. Really? I said. Yeah, I guess because I knew you'd be back. I felt that part of you was still here, so even though I missed you, I didn't feel too lonely. As she spoke, her nose slowly became tinged with pink and her eyes misted with tears. Part of me will still be here this time, too, I said, stepping closer to her. Marianne's face crumpled into a pain-filled grimace. Tears ran from her eyes as she covered them with her hands. No, you won't, she sobbed. When I look in the mirror now, I'll be all alone. I put my arm around her and surprised myself by crying, too. Don't cry, Marianne, please, I said through my tears. I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing. I'm just trying my best to be happy. Marianne hugged me hard. I know. I want you to be happy. I just wish you didn't have to leave to be happy. Dawn, I'm going to miss you so much. Me too, I said. It's called... Sorry, you're having a moment. Yeah, sorry, you can talk. No, no, no. I wanted you to enjoy your moment. Yeah. I wasn't enjoying Not it. Not enjoy. Not enjoy. 
Baby Nation, if you're having a moment now as well, that's all right. This is very difficult. This is the worst thing that's happened since Louis died and since Mimi left to go live on a farm upstate. Gin, it's called Gin Blossoms. She was probably pretty drunk. <laughs> what is? The nose tinging red. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Yeah. It's rare to, to see it in one so young. Well, she must have been really drunk. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it stands the reason she was pretty emotional. Yeah, it's very upsetting to have your sister and only real friend just leave because, like, Carol and Jeff are more fun than you. <laughs> it's not even that. It's not even that. The, her, her motivating factor for leaving Stony Brook, and we've barely touched on this, Baby Nation, the reason Dawn leaves Stony Brook is because Sonny's mom has cancer. That's part of it. It's a huge part of it. It's like it's like the deciding factor. Right. Dawn wants to live a more full life where things go wrong, where people get old and die. Where she can get surf instructions from cute boys. Yeah. And that's Anne's not going to allow that to happen in her precious Stony Brook. So she's out. And we're going to get this a bee. Tanner, did you get my picture? Um, I got it. I didn't reciprocate yet, but I will. Okay. You sent me a picture at 3.51 p.m. today. I was at work. You were at home on, and I'm doing the hardest his scare quotes I he's can. He's doing uh, very sarcastic air quotes right now. Paternity leave. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, you sent me a picture of you in your bathroom brushing your teeth. Yeah. And you know what you're going to do with that, right? Um, I'm going to do two things with it. Okay. The first thing is I'm going to reciprocate in kind. Yeah. I'm going to, after we're done recording here, I'm going to go into my own bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to brush my teeth, mm-hmm. take a photo of that act happening, mm-hmm. and send it to you. Good. And then the second thing I'm going to do, and I hope that you reciprocate in kind, is print it out and tape it up onto the mirror next to which you brush your teeth every night. So it seems as though we are brushing our teeth together, just like Don Schaefer and Marianne. Just like Don Schaefer and Marianne. The book has a a bittersweet but happy ending. Uh, They send each other pictures. Baby Nation, you know what would be a fun little thing? Let's all do it together. Let's all post our pictures to Baby Nation Facebook group of us brushing our teeth so that we may print out yep. one another's photos and paste it all around Good. our mirrors. That's lovely. Um, do you think Jamie's going to mind? Newton? I don't think. No, your wife. Oh, be more specific. I have a lot of Jamie's in my life. Okay, well, I mean Jamie Greenring, your wife. Yeah. She's going to have to brush her teeth next to me as well, or else just look directly at me and not see herself while she's brushing her teeth, whatever I she think, chooses. But do you think she's going to be okay with here's that? Here's what I think. Yeah. I'm going to print off a very small and tasteful photo of you. It's going to be like wallet-sized. No, no, no. So I'm sure she won't even notice. Yeah. But if she does, she won't eat. She knows what our friendship is like. She knows me. And it'll be comforting for her as well. No, I want you to print it out life-size so it feels like, and this is what Dawn and Marianne do in the book. So it feels like when you're brushing your teeth, we're brushing our teeth together, just like we always used to before I moved to Texas. I don't specifically recall ever doing that. With Metaphorically. You. Okay. I'm not sure we've ever brushed our teeth in the presence. No, we, we've been on trips together. We must have. Yeah, I'm sure we have. 
Um, but right. all right, well, so that's the thing. And that's I know what, all your bathroom rituals. You go in, you go. <gasps> <laughs> that is true. Did we talk about that in the Japan episodes? I can't remember, but it is a true thing. <laughs> Baby Nation, every morning Jack would get up and go into the bathroom. And I don't know what he was doing in there, but he would always make this sound. <laughs> Tanner, let me ask you a question. Who's that knocking at the door? Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Knock, 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 knock. No, I didn't say sing a Tanner, you sing me a song. I said, Tanner, let me ask you a question. Who's that knocking at the door? I would like you to ask me a question in response. What door? Why is this always so difficult? Who's that knocking at the door? What door? The closet door. What What closet? (laughs) <laughs> Claudia's closet. closet is the closet. <laughs> Claudia's closet is a segment where we talk about what Claudia was wearing this week. Boy, did she really tie one on this week. I didn't capture it. <laughs> Let me read to you what Claudia was wearing this week, Tanner. Today, she was wearing a baggy white cotton jumpsuit. That was cut wide and open at the sides and neckline. Under it, she wore two sleeveless t-shirts. One purple, one pink. She tied the jumpsuit with a belt she'd made from safety pins and beads. And she'd used fabric paint to create a jungle scene on the left leg of the jumpsuit. From her ears dangled two colorful wooden parrot earrings onto which she had glued beads that matched the beads on her belt. I'm sure you've guessed by now that Claudia is a terrific artist. Here's the thing. It's like it's (laughs) non-Euclidean. I can't even visualize it. I can't make sense of the input I'm being given. This is my problem as well. I had to spend a lot of time just visualizing. She's got two t-shirts. She's got... She's cut down the sides of everything, but, but it's she's wearing a jumpsuit together with, and it, it's cut. It, it, it's it's all. It, yeah. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand. She's dressed possibly. She's just dressed like a hobo. That's a like maybe an obvious thing that she's trying to do. Or the best I could get from this is that she is dressed like it's like an alien from another planet who has come to study us. And wants to try to fit in with our people, but the only reference they have for like who we are and what we do is a spin doctor's video. <laughs> and that's the one, two. Princess Neil before <laughs> me. Now go ahead and if you want to buy me flowers. You know what I was actually thinking of was Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss can't be wrong. Marry him, marry me. I'm the one that loves you, baby. Can't you see? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't say let's sing Spin Doctor. I ain't got the future of family tree, but I guess I'm I, asked I, asked I asked for it. I asked for it. I asked for it. I asked for it. Wanna call me baby? Just go Tanner, ahead. They don't want to hear us sing. We did so much singing last week. Well, that I feel like of- if we went cold turkey this week. <laughs> It would shock Baby Nation systems. So I think we need to do a little bit of singing. Okay. Well, I we think did we did it. a tasteful amount of yeah. Spin Doctors 2 Princes. The best that I can guess is that Tanner seems to think that because we do sing on this podcast, and by we, I mostly mean he, yeah. that you must like it. Uh, well, I know that that's not necessarily true. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tanner, I have a question for you that I would love yes. to get your answer for. Yes. Did you, sir, this week have a... Did you? What did you have? Tell me your burn. Oh, gosh. It wasn't a fun book. It wasn't fun. Can I... I've got, I got something that I captured as a burn. Yeah. I'm going to do my best here with this, but... Hey, Nikki, Mago. We were just about to go outside and play a game of football, said James Hobart, obviously. Go outside. Entering the living room with Matthew. Want to play with us? How could the two of you play football by yourselves, Margot asked, puzzled. Were you just going to toss the ball back and forth? You mean kick the ball back and forth, <laughs> Matthew corrected her. A bewildered expression crossed Margot's face. I, I know you kick it in the beginning, but... I remember, Nikki cried. In Australia, they call soccer football. Why? Margot asked. It makes sense, said Ben. <laughs> In soccer, what do you use to move the ball? <laughs> Your feet, mostly, Margot replied. Wheel, said Ben. Foot, ball. I suppose, Margot agreed. It's stupid if you ask me, said Nikki. Nobody asked you, Mallory pointed out dryly. <laughs> Here's that's the part. No, you're halfway there. Here's the uh-huh. burn in that sequence. And I had the same reaction where it's like the burn is it's like lingering on the edges during that conversation where it's like, why do you call it football? Yeah. Uh, she call it handig. You don't, she call it handig. You don't, you don't kick the ball in American football, but you call it football. But the real burn is on our friends, the Australians. And it comes a little <laughs> bit later, which is that. Okay. They essentially have that conversation. Ah, why do you call it football? And they're like, we call it soccer. And then Nikki Pike breaks James Hobart's leg, (laughs) (laughs) tackling him to show him what football is. (laughs) That's the fucking. Are you sorry? (laughs) Are you sorry? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, James Hobart gets his leg broken so badly in two different places yeah. that he has to have pins inserted and spend the rest of the summer in yeah. the Hobart family den. Yeah. So, Baby Nation, this was a book about an Australian boy who will never walk again. <laughs> and certainly never play football and or soccer. Yeah. And two sisters who have an inseparable rift. Not a fun week, Baby Nation, but we did our fucking best with it. It was a fun, it was a fun little exchange, and you know, it it's the Pikes, the, uh, Suzanne, Suzanne, Suzanne. <laughs> yeah, uh, she ne- she just needed an easy win, right? This week, we're not going to give her too much grief for falling back on the Pikes, but she's doing her best. The only burns I had this week, Tanner, were just Marianne and Dawn just being really unpleasant to each other. Trading barbs. Here's one that happens towards the end of their fucking terrible feud. That's when Dawn is packing to leave. I took my bags upstairs and spent the next three hours in my room sorting things into three cardboard boxes I'd marked. At six, I showered and washed my hair. On the way out of the bathroom, I met Marianne. When you're gone, at least it will be easier to get into the bathroom, she said. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't realize you were waiting. Oh, no problem. After all, you're the only one who matters. Right, but it's not a burn. It is a burn. Marianne was actually being very polite and generous. She was not being polite and generous, Tanner. It is obvious from the context. Yeah, but keep reading. 
Do you, uh, fine. I fucking cannot believe that you're taking Marianne's side in this. Marianne was actually being, You're taking her side. She was actually being very polite. She wasn't being polite. Do you want to keep reading? Yeah, I want to find the passage Do you want first. to keep digging yourself deeper into this well so that you'll be even more embarrassed when you manage to pull it up? I bristled with anger. See- no, you're wrong, and you're bad at reading subtext. I bristled with anger. I remembered how she'd called me selfish when we'd fought. What's that supposed to mean? I demanded. Uh, nothing. It is your party, isn't it? Oh, I said. Once again, she'd managed to make me feel like an oversensitive fool. Tanner, this is an extremely aggressive thing. Oh, it is your party. No, that's not how she said it. That's not how she said it. You're that's not how she said here. it. It's, it's your party. You should obviously use the bathroom. No, it it's is your party. your party, isn't it? It is your party, isn't it? It is your party, isn't it? That's how she says it. That's how it's fucking written. You're the only is, one who matters. It's it an extremely aggressive party, thing. Isn't it? Tanner, it's an extremely aggressive thing for them to say in the context of the few that they've been having. You're the only one who matters, and it has a subtext, and Marianne knows full well what she's doing. Sure, there is a superficial reading that Marianne tries to palm off on Dawn that what she's saying is you should have use of the bathroom because it's your going away party. Marianne spends like the last half of this book gaslighting Dawn. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. She keeps doing this. She keeps like using this double talk and then once Dawn calls her on it, she's like, oh no, I just meant like we're all going to be so sad you're leaving. Yeah, Marianne won some points this week and Dawn literally doesn't even matter what we feel about Dawn, you and I, because she's gone she betrayed us. She wasn't good enough. Are you saying Dawn? That's the bottom line. She, I know I'm saying Dawn. Dawn. Okay. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we call her. She wasn't good enough for the BSC. And so she's gone and good fucking riddance. A farewell to Dong, a tale of two sisties. <laughs> um, I was thinking um, that we should get the fuck out of here. Oh, okay. A farewell to us. A farewell to you and to me. Farewell to these two ding-dongs. Yep. Farewell to these two ding-dang-ding-dongs. Ding-dang-ding-dongs. <laughs> Almost every vowel in that. Yeah, we did it. We did all the vowels. Dung. I guess if we can get that in there. Let's not. Let's leave. Tanner. Tanner. Thank you. Thank you. Tanner. Your skin is hanging all off your face. No, I won't. I won't <laughs> go on that journey with you. Any other notes? Uh, Sonny Winslow answers the... F- Especially for someone whose mom is dying of cancer and who I imagine gets a lot of calls from oncologists. I took this down as well. Very winning phone manner from Sonny Winslow. No, Tanner. very not winning. Imagine imagine if your oncologist was calling to tell you that the, <laughs> the cancer had spread and your 13-year-old daughter answered the phone and said, Sunny Daydream, Winslow speaking for the Daily Surf Report. Press 1 now. Um, the cancer has spread. <laughs> Sunny. Uh, oh. I did press one, but nothing happened. <laughs> so, so Sunny has to stand there on the phone, and it's just like, <laughs> uh, this message is for uh, Mary Winslow. Uh, bad news. The cancer is spreading. And Sonny's like, no, I'm actually here, Dr. I'm here. I'm here. Morris. <laughs> yeah, fair. Fair point. I thought it was a funny way of answering Nephilim, but you're not wrong. Uh, I guess we'll learn all about this when we uh, start reading the California Diaries. Are we going to do that? I don't know, man. It sounds bad. Don't let your mouth write checks that your ass can't cash, Jack. Is that a thing that people say? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do be determined. Ass, cash, or grass, nobody reads for free. Good. Can that be a slogan of our podcast? I hope not.
Um, right now I'm saying that we're not going to read those fucking books because I'm fucking pissed at Dawn. Well, maybe revisit it. I'm furious with Dawn. Tanner, 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 your skin is hanging all off your face. Tanner, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for being my friend. Travel down the road and back no, again. No. I don't want to sing. Tanner and Baby Nation, please review our podcast on iTunes. I hate to you beg. haven't done it yet. You owe us a review. Please, it makes a big difference for us in terms of getting noticed and in terms of making us feel better uh, that people people listen and people care. Uh, and also, if you haven't joined the Baby Nation Facebook group, join that fucking group. It's fucking great. Do the ding-dang thing. Do the ding-dang thing. Uh, it's tons of fun. It's a friendly and welcoming community of great, fun people. Uh, and I like being in there, and you should be in there too. This week, Baby Nation, we read a book that was called Farewell Dawn. Farewell Dong. Farewell Dong. By Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> By Ernest Hemingway. Next week, we're going to read something from Anna Martin's series of books about babysitters. Yep. We're going to read a book next week called Christy and the Dirty Diapers. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it it makes me happy just hearing. I have no <laughs> idea what it's about, but it makes me happy just hearing the title. That sounds so good. It sounds fucking amazing. Christy I and the Dirty wait. Diapers? Are you kidding me? That's going to be such a good fucking book. Oh, it's been such a brutal series of books. Dawn died. Fucking Stacy died. Stacy fucking came back. I don't know what's worse. That soldier got his ding dong shot off. The fucking soldier got his dong shot off, and so he couldn't make love. He drank a lot of wine. Got gored by a bull. Somebody got gored by a bull. It's been a while since I read it. Spoilers for Sun Also Rises. We already Is that told how his you that. Ding dong gets cut off. No, it's in the war. Right, it gets shot off. <laughs> it doesn't get cut off. I said shot off. <laughs> Next week we're reading a book that I think both Tanner and I are profoundly looking forward to called Christy and the Dirty Diapers. Baby Nation, round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Am I being detained? <laughs> I am a sovereign citizen. Am I being detained? <laughs> because Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. I assume that Stony Brook was a landlocked city. Yeah. Until this week. Oh, yeah, they go surfing, don't they? It's offered that they go to the beach. Right. And it's like, since when the geography of Stony Brook is shifting? Since when does Stony Brook have a beach? Well, this is a fantasy world that Anne is creating. Like Tolkien, if she wanted to, she could have just put it like a map in the front of these books. I wish she had, because now there's a beach? Yeah, there's a beach. This doesn't exist in our world. Like, when are you going to fucking get this through your fucking head? Connecticut, in the Sitterverse is on the ocean. Well, I, I imagine it's on Long Island Sound. I don't think so. I think it's in Stony Brook. I know, but you understand that no part of Connecticut, the Connecticut coast, touches open ocean, right? You know, there's in. a huge island that I am presently on. 
in that blocks Connecticut from the ocean. In Long Island Sound. In our world. In Earth Prime, as I was corrected today in the Baby Nation Facebook group. In Earth Prime, Connecticut is landlocked. It's not. Nope. I didn't say it was landlocked. (laughs) I said it doesn't touch an ocean. It touches a sound. Right. Right. Well, in the Sitterverse, it touches a fucking ocean. So there's no Long Island. What happened to Long Island in the Sitterverse? I don't know. Fucking ask Anne. They go to it. They just went to it. Fire Island's on Long Island. So it exists. Maybe that's where they're going. I don't know. Fire Island is the Grey Havens. (laughs) It's where all ring bearers go and all elves. (laughs) That was a HeadGum Podcast.